Welcome to the Covenant Journey Podcast. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to deepen your faith, knowledge, and love of our Lord Jesus as we explore the timeless treasures of the Bible. Join us now as we explore God's Word. On today's Covenant Journey Bible Podcast, we're going to continue our study in the book of Revelation. Today, we're going to pick up with Revelation chapter 12. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Covenant Journey. As we begin the book of Revelation, we begin, of course, with the revelation of and about and from Jesus Christ. It is a book that is about the central cast is Jesus. The central reason why it all works is Jesus. Jesus is the one who paid the price. Jesus is the one who redeems. Jesus is the one who saves. Jesus is the one who's in control. Jesus is there from the past, the present, and always to the future. And it is a beautiful revelation of Jesus Christ. Starts in chapter 1 and ends with Jesus in the very last chapter. And Jesus is throughout the whole book of Revelation. We're going to continue the study in chapter 12 because it's a story about the birth of Jesus and the conflict that happened at his birth and the conflict that rages throughout the ages thereafter against his followers. We've talked about the up and down motif, heaven and earth, earth and heaven, back and forth. In fact, the first chapter begins with our view in heaven. It is a picture of Jesus walking among the churches. Chapters 2 and 3 comes down to earth. It is a discussion of the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Actual churches, but the implications of those churches also ripple through history. And then it goes back up to heaven in chapters 4 and 5. The amazing picture of Jesus before the throne, who was the only one worthy because of his death and resurrection, to open the scroll with its seven seals written on both sides, front and back. And then as we move from chapters 4 and 5 in that beautiful heavenly scene, it goes to an earthly scene, and that takes us from chapters 6 through 11. And that's where the seals are open. These are the seals that are on the outside of the scroll. Each one of those seals has a different implication. And when we move to the seventh seal, it actually then transitions to the seven trumpets. So we have the seven seals and we have the seven trumpets in chapters 6 through 11. Those are scenes on the earth. The amazing thing in those particular chapters is that chapter 6 is a very continually uh, problematic, stressful time on earth. But when it gets to be so stressful at the end of chapter 6, with the question, who's going to be able to stand, chapter 7 is a little bit of a pause, and it takes us to the picture of the ceiling of the 144,000, representing the Jewish people that ultimately come to Messiah. And then the innumerable group of people, the Gentiles, who are also sealed. It's a temporary pause so that there is some comfort in the midst of the darkness. And then it continues with chapter 8 through 11. Once we finish chapter 11, we are now transported to a sequence in chapter 12 that begins in heaven but ultimately comes to earth. 
And let's begin with chapter 12, verse 1. It says, A great sign was seen in heaven. So now we're back in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Obviously that is significant for the twelve tribes of Israel. She was with child. She cried out in pain, laboring to give birth. Another sign was seen in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven crowns. His tail drew one-third of the stars of the sky and threw them to the earth. The dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. Now, the dragon in the book of Revelation is an image of Satan. This woman who is about ready to give birth is focusing on the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll begin to follow this as we move through it. Some people have historically said that when Satan rebelled, he took a third of the angels. They get it from this verse, chapter 12, verse 4. His tail, that is the dragon, drew a third of the stars of the sky and threw them to the earth. Now, whether it actually means that when he rebelled, a third of the angels rebelled with him, leaving two-thirds of the other angels created by the Father, is not clear. This is symbols here. What we do know is what it's talking about is this imagery of this conflict between Christ and Satan, where you have the incarnation that we'll be talking about here in chapter 12, and Satan trying to ultimately devour the child. At the end of verse 4, it says, So that he was waiting when she gave birth, he might devour the child. It's a picture of a dragon standing by as Jesus is about ready to be born in human form. John 1 says that the Word became God and the Word was God. The Word was divine. And that the Word, or God, inhabited or tabernacled among us, put the tent of human flesh over him, and lived as a human, like us, as Hebrews and other parts of the Scripture say, except the only difference is he was without sin and he never did sin. He became the perfect sacrifice on Passover. Chapter 12, verse 5. She, the woman, she gave birth to a son, a male child who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Her child was caught up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that there they may nourish her 1,260 days. That's three and a half years. Now, there's another section here that later in chapters 12 and uh, particularly in Chapter 13, where it has more focus on the dragon, speaks about 42 months. That's also three and a half years, 1,260 days, 42 months, it's three and a half years. Those are symbols within the book of Revelation. We're not going to unpack that particular portion of it at this point. 
But what we're talking about here is the broader picture, and don't miss this. This is the incarnation of Jesus. This is the spiritual conflict that's happening. This is why all this conflict in Revelation takes place. But this is the beginning where Jesus is born a human being in human flesh, still God, completely human. And don't forget, he was the one because of his incarnation, his death and his resurrection, his atonement for our sin in chapter 5, who ultimately holds our future, our very lives, our names in his hand, and through him all things exist. And he's the only one worthy that ultimately is the focus of this book of Revelation. Verse 7, there was a war in the sky. Michael and his angels made war on the dragon. The dragon and his angels made war. There's a spiritual conflict that's taking place. You remember from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's not a human battle that we're really wrestling with. The battle is spiritual. Yes, it's played out in the physical realm, but it's spiritual. What happens in the heavenly realms, we see in the earthly realm in which we live. There is a conflict, a cosmic conflict taking place between good and evil, between Christ and Satan, between the demonic angels and the angels that have never fallen. Michael, the angel, or oftentimes in parts of Scripture called the archangel, the chief angel. We see him also mentioned in the book of Daniel, where he comes to give interpretation to Daniel's dream, and he was delayed in coming to him for 21 days. Daniel prayed for an interpretation to his dream. He didn't understand it. Michael was dispatched to go give a revelation to Daniel so he could understand and interpret the dream. But three weeks went by. Daniel continues to pray. Michael finally does come and says, from the very first moment that you said that prayer, I was dispatched to you. But in route, I was detained because Michael was in a battle in the spiritual realms that was taking place. And that battle was actually taking place between nations on earth. But when Michael got some support he was able to be relieved and continue on his mission to come to interpret the dream to Daniel. There is a spiritual realm that takes place in where this battle is happening. And what we see in the earthly realm is just the physical manifestation of the greater spiritual battle. So this is what is being discussed in Revelation uh, chapter 12. It says that, in fact, that the dragon was thrown down in verse 9. The old serpent, and here it is, it tells you who he is, who is called the devil and Satan. So here's a clear interpretation of, of what that dragon symbol represents. The deceiver of the whole world, it says. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation, the power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them before our God day and night. They overcame him because of the Lamb's blood, 
referring to Jesus, the lamb that is worthy that we read about in chapter 5, who was worthy to begin to open up those seals and to reveal the contents of that scroll that contains our future and the destiny of humanity. It says they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. So they are followers of Jesus Christ. They didn't love their life even to the point of death. Now, how do you get to a place where you don't love your life even to the point of death? You say, how could I ever get to that place in my life? You know, I read a great biography of... Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and there is a letter that's actually replicated in the back of the book of a doctor who was a Nazi doctor who saw many brutal deaths and experiments on people. And when Bonhoeffer was just moments before he was hung naked, this doctor watched his last moments and he recorded in his letter that's still preserved that Bonhoeffer was talking to God as though God actually heard him. He had never seen anybody have faith at the point of their death and yet have confidence in God and talking to God directly. And he was so moved by that experience, he wrote it down in a letter. Well, Bonhoeffer was talking to God as though he actually heard him because God did hear him, and Bonhoeffer, over time, was prepared bit by bit by bit, situation by situation, to ultimately be in a position where he loved his life, not even to the point of death. That death was not something that he feared. Certainly, we all want life. But for the believer, there is no ultimate fear in death. Yes, we go through the pain of losing someone. We all love life. But the amazing beauty of the gospel is that Jesus gave his life for us. And death is not the final chapter, that he overcame the grave, that he overcame death. And so what it's talking about here are people who are covered by the blood of the Lamb, and they have a testimony about Jesus Christ. And they loved him more than they loved their own life. They loved, uh, they didn't love their life even to the point of death. They loved the lamb. They were in relationship with the lamb so that they did not fear ultimately the final breath on this earth. It goes on to verse 12, Therefore rejoice, heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and to the sea, because the devil has gone down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has a short time. When the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the child, the male child. Two wings of a great eagle were given to the woman that she might fly into the wilderness to her place so that she might be nourished for a time and times and half a time. That's three and a half years again from the face of the serpent. The serpent spewed water out of his mouth after the woman like a river that he might cause her to be carried away by the stream. The earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the river which the dragon spewed out of his mouth. The dragon grew angry with the woman and went away to make war with the rest of her seed who keep the commandments and hold 
the testimony of Jesus. That's you and me. This is a picture of Jesus' birth and incarnation, and we know certainly in the earthly realm, Satan was motivating King Herod to ultimately kill all the baby boys, just like what he tried to do with Moses when the Pharaoh wanted to kill the baby boys in order to kill anybody that might be uh, like Moses. And so at the time of Jesus' birth, King Herod did the same thing. That was the earthly manifestation of what this is picturing taking place in the spiritual realm. Of course, we know it didn't work. Jesus was not uh, snuffed out. Herod was not successful. And when Jesus ultimately was caught up to heaven into his throne, the resurrection in chapter 12, where that's referring to, what ultimately happens is God protects the church. God protects those that are followers, and Satan becomes extremely angry. And that's why his focus is on the followers of Jesus Christ. And that's why you need to press in in relationship with the Lord so that you can also be one in chapter 12 that's under the blood of the Lamb and that we love our Lord more than we even love anything in this life. That is ultimately where the book of Revelation is wanting us all to be. And when we're in that situation, yes, there may be difficult times through our lives, maybe more difficult times certainly in the future as Revelation discusses, but the beauty is that the blood of the Lamb covers us, and death is not the final chapter, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and all the tears will be wiped away, and there will be no more death, and Satan will ultimately be defeated once and for all. We're going to continue our study next week on Revelation, picking up in chapter 13. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Covenant Journey. Go to covenantjourney.org. You've been listening to the Covenant Journey podcast. We hope that we have informed, inspired, and encouraged you to deepen your faith, knowledge, and love for our Lord Jesus as we've explored the Word of God. Visit covenantjourney.org where you can obtain additional notes and information to enhance your study of the Scriptures. The website again is covenantjourney.org. You can also email us at cj at covenantjourney.org. Share this podcast with your friends. Visit covenantjourney.org.